Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, March 26th, and this is your FT News Briefing. European leaders clash over vaccine distribution. British government bond investors suffer as the UK's economic outlook improves. And China's Ant Financial Group is demanding bigger fees from its online payments business, Alipay. We have dozens of banks and we have only one Alipay. So that really puts Alipay in a very good position in negotiating a good commission rate with banks. I'm Lila Raptopoulos, in for Mark Filipino. And here's the news you need to start your day. European leaders clashed during a marathon virtual summit yesterday. They were arguing over vaccine distribution, and they failed to come to any agreement. The debate was over how to provide additional jabs to member states that are most in need of emergency supplies. These are mostly poorer Eastern European states. The talks got tense and sometimes ill-tempered after Austria's Chancellor Sebastian Kurz demanded additional vaccine supplies for Vienna. His pleas were rejected by leaders that included Germany's Angela Merkel. In the UK government bond markets, investors have had their worst quarter in two decades. UK debt prices have dropped, and that's partially because the UK is doing such a good job rolling out vaccines. That gives investors more confidence in economic recovery. To talk more about this, we're joined by the FT Markets editor, Katie Martin. So the fact that the UK bond market is suffering the worst quarter in at least two decades means that investors are hopeful. Yes, I mean, it sounds terrible. It really has been a bad run for holders of the debt. They're down about 6.5% in the first quarter of this year, which is wrapping up pretty soon. And in contrast, Eurozone government debt has fallen much more mildly. You're down somewhere between 05 and 3%. So it's been a bit of a horror show in the gilts market. But that's actually a good thing because investors hold bonds when they think everything is terrible. There are other reasons to hold bonds, (laughs) but that's certainly one of them. If you think that interest rates are falling and the economy's in trouble, then it makes a lot of sense to hold a lot of bonds. So the reason why UK government bond markets are under pressure is because the economy is really looking up. And the economy is looking up in the UK partially because the pandemic response has been better than expected? Yes. So the UK had a really grim outcome from the virus itself in terms of number of infections and the number of deaths. We had a difficult time and we've had a deeper economic impact than a lot of other developed economies. And it's not so long since the Bank of England was thinking about potentially cutting interest rates below zero. But the rollout of vaccines in the UK has been a really notable success. So now investors are talking not about when the Bank of England might cut rates below zero for the first time, but when it actually might raise rates. This is a way off, but still it's a huge shift in the conversation. So essentially bond prices falling is the market's way of saying it thinks the Bank of England is going to step back buy fewer bonds, potentially look at raising rates because it won't need to keep the economy on life support in quite the same way as it has done up to now. And that pushes bond prices lower. And Katie, is that surprising? If you'd asked me at the start of this year, will different 
vaccination rates between different countries be a factor for markets? I'd have said probably not. It wasn't a really big theme for the markets this year, but it's really turned out that way. And the fact that the UK is so far ahead of its nearest neighbouring economy is a big deal. And that's why sterling is also pushing higher against the euro. It's up about 5% so far this year. The thinking is just that the UK is going to get its house in order faster. So what does all this mean for the government's ability to borrow money? So one way that the UK government is getting us through the uh, coronavirus crisis is to borrow like mad, borrow in the bond market, just huge amounts of money to support the economy. So on the margins, this drop in the UK government bond market does bump up UK borrowing costs. But first of all, that's kind of a nice problem to have that the economy is in a much better position than had previously been expected and also it's really worth bearing in mind that although bonds have fallen which means that yields have picked up we're still talking about a decline in bond prices from very elevated levels so yes borrowing costs have picked up but they're still best part of nothing quite honestly the UK government can still come to market and borrow long-term money at a very very favorable interest rate And can you tell me more about how all of this compares to what's going on in Europe? It's a very different picture in the Eurozone. So the European Central Bank has actually stepped up its bond purchases. There's a global push higher in bond yields, a global decline in bond prices, which has been led by the US, really. And and because the US government bond market is so enormous, that pulls the whole of the rest of the global bond market somewhat out of whack. So there has been a little bit of a hit to Eurozone government bond markets. But because the European Central Bank knows that the Eurozone economy is more fragile, it's been quite keen to push back against that. And it's stepped up its bond purchases so that it can make sure that borrowing costs are kept low because it's worried about what the impact of higher borrowing costs in the Eurozone might be on people and on businesses at a very fragile time. So there's a very different picture between the Eurozone and the UK And it really is down in large part to these different vaccination rates. Katie Martin is the FT's markets editor. Katie, thanks again. Pleasure. China's financial services group, Ant, was preparing for the world's biggest initial public offering last year. But Beijing officials blocked it, and they also cracked down on Ant's high-margin lending business. Ant is still looking for an IPO, so to make up some of those losses, it's trying to squeeze more juice from its massive online payments platform, Alipay, which works like PayPal. And it's doing that by demanding a bigger slice of the processing fees it shares with banks every time there's a transaction. The FT's China economics reporter Sun Yu explains more. So basically, Chinese people are ditching credit cards or debit cards or cash and instead are relying on mobile payment apps like Alipay. So banks have a strong incentive to work with Alipay to expand their business. They can't afford to lose a partner like Alipay. So it sounds like Alipay has a lot of negotiation power in this situation. This is an area that is least affected by China's regulation because it's a free area. And Alipay is holding market-based free negotiations with Chinese banks. So we have dozens of banks who are issuing a variety of credit cards that do not distinguish themselves from each other. And we have only one Alipay. So that really puts Alipay in a very good position in negotiating a good commission rate with banks. And Alipay right now needs to improve its performance 
in order to have a good valuation when it seeks IPO going forward, because it still wants to do so. Sunyu, can you help me understand where Ant's founder, Jack Ma, is? I know he ran into trouble with Beijing after being too outspoken, and now he's laying low. Is he still running the business? Yes and no. The idea is to dissociate Jack Ma from his business. Both the company and the leadership wants to create the impression that Jack Ma is no longer involved in the day-to-day operation. But it's very hard given the fact that he's still the biggest shareholder. So how do you expect him to really stay away? That's a tough job, I would say. Sun Yu is the FT's China economics reporter. We've reported a lot on businesses that have come out ahead in this pandemic, like grocery delivery and streaming services and e-commerce. Well, here's something else that consumers have bought a lot of over the past year. Comfort food. Donuts, pizza, Kraft mac and cheese. That classic, the orange powdered macaroni, that actually flew off the shelves and it boosted sales at its parent company, Kraft Heinz. One recent report on snackers around the world found that more of them ate for comfort in the pandemic and bought nostalgic snack brands from childhood. And sugar has made such a comeback that it seems to now be a selling point. One Scottish company, AG Bar, cut the amount of sugar in its orange soda a few years ago by half. It just put out a new version of that soda that has more sugar than the original. You can read more on all of these stories at ft.com. The FT News Briefing is produced by Fiona Simon. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help from Gavin Kalman and Michael Bruning. And our theme song is by Metaphor Music. I'm Lila Raptopoulos, and you can hear more of me on the FT's Life and Arts podcast, Culture Call. Your usual host, Mark Filipino, he'll be back on Monday. Make sure you check back in then for the latest business news. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc., Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.